Hello, my loves, and welcome to Healing the Podcast with your host, Ashlyn Tori. I'm a heels and burlesque instructor, a confidence mentor, and the creator of Studio Soli Luna, living in the gorgeous mountains of Asheville, North Carolina. In this safe and sacred portal, we will be having raw, real, and intentional conversations about dancing in a heel, spirituality, self-love, the dance industry, and all the taboo topics that dancers and women should be openly talking about. I am so excited to go on this journey with you. Now let the magic begin. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I am sharing a lovely conversation I had with my friend Jordan Friendly, also known as Dancing for Donuts on Instagram, and it was just such a delight. Jordan and I have been following each other for a really long time. If you didn't know, I had a blog at one point, A Dancer's Plate was the name of the blog, and that's actually how I got started posting on Instagram and sharing about my dance and wellness journey at the time. And I would make healthy, quote unquote healthy, recipes that were easy, on the go, perfect for dancers. And Jordan was a dancer and blogger as well. So we just happened to connect online about five to six years ago, I think we decided on the podcast. And we have been social media friends ever since. Jordan has always just been so supportive and kind and she always comments on my photos and she's just been such a sweet person to have in my corner throughout all of my social media (laughs) changes and transitions. Jordan moved to LA almost eight years ago to pursue her dream as a professional dancer, which you will hear a lot about in this episode. And she then pivoted to social media consulting and starting Dancing for Donuts Creative, which is her business, in addition to running her blog, Dancing for Donuts. And she has worked with so many small women-owned businesses on strategy ideation to content creation, influencer outreach, and paid social advertising. She is so good at all things social media. And Jordan's platform is really just about health, wellness, and enjoying life, which is why I love her and why so many other people love her content as well. She keeps it super real and makes wellness approachable and also just encourages a healthy balance. Like, yes, do the green smoothies. Yes, move your body, get into nature, but also have the glass of wine, have a donut, you know, have fun with your friends. Like this is all about balance. That's exactly what Jordan promotes on her platforms. And it was so cool to hear about Jordan's dance journey because she was in the thick of auditioning and taking gigs and hustling in New York and LA and how that experience has really shaped everything that she's done. Jordan also talks about her new job at Sculpt Society, which is a dance-based workout platform. So dance is very much still a part of her life. And I'm so happy for her and this new job and this new opportunity. It's a huge opportunity and she definitely deserves it. And she gives some insight on her time in entrepreneurship and how it's okay to pivot, which is a very important conversation. And we dive into building a supportive community on social media, attainable wellness, presence, and staying grounded, how moving your body creates more confidence, which I'm a huge advocate of, 
finding what feels good in all areas of your life, owning your own business, and so much more. I am so excited for you babes to hear this episode with Jordan. And if you want some gorgeous content and inspiration, delicious recipes, approachable wellness tips, I highly recommend giving Jordan a follow on Instagram. Her info will be in the show notes for you. And I love you babes to the moon and back. Enjoy this episode with the lovely Jordan Friendly. Jordan, welcome to the podcast, babe. I am so grateful and excited to have you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So Jordan just actually had a birthday yesterday. So we are kind of celebrating her on the podcast today. And she has some amazing news, some exciting things coming up. So this is kind of like celebrating Jordan podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. How was your birthday, babe? It was good. It was pretty low key, honestly, just like a regular work day for the most part. But I did start the day with like a beach walk with my husband and my dog and then went out to dinner with a couple of our close friends. So that was really nice. That's so nice. So Jordan, if you don't know her, she is known as dancing for donuts on Instagram. And that's how we kind of originally connected because I had a wellness blog for dancers and then dancing was in the name of her Instagram. And I feel like we just kind of came across each other's paths that way. Um, I don't think there was anything specific. I think we just happened upon each other's pages. I don't really remember. It's been so long ago. It was literally, I, I mean, I have known you through the internet for at least, gosh, at least five years. I, I yeah. want to say much more than that. I mean, I, I didn't start taking my Instagram seriously. I think I changed my handle to dancing for donuts about six years ago. Okay. That's maybe when it was around that time. And we were both like taking photos of our food and like doing photo shoots and like really colorful photo shoots. And I feel like that just like connected us because we were doing similar things. So that's amazing. I love, honestly, I've built so many beautiful online friendships and I hope we get to like connect more in person. One day we ran into each other at like a wellness event or something. And then that was it. So we need to like, hopefully if I'm out in LA at some point, we can take dance class together and connect more in person. That's the dream. (laughs) (laughs) So Jordan, just to give people a little bit of a background on you, how old are you right now as of yesterday? (laughs) And where are you in the world right now? Yeah. So I just turned 33, which is weird and exciting. Three is my lucky number. So I feel like it's going to be a good one. And I live in Los Angeles. I'm originally from New York, but I've been in LA for 11 years now. Mm, That's amazing. And all of your LA content, it just looks like such a beautiful place to be in it. I feel like it really fits you and your personality and everything that you do in the wellness space. So I do love um, being here. I feel like I, I say this to everyone. I just feel like I've lived seven different lives here just between we can get into this later, but like, you know, the dancing and like being here for school and then all these different things and, and like different chapters of life. I have been here for so long and so many changes have happened and I've fallen into love and out of love with LA so many times, but right now I am definitely in a good relationship with Los Angeles. Good. Honestly, that's what I've heard. One of my really close friends lives out in LA and she kind of, I mean, I feel like it was during COVID, especially Mm -hmm. the relationship to LA became like really intense. She's like, I love it here so much, but it just felt like, you know, everywhere felt like that felt very um, claustrophobic in a way. And it felt very intense and scary and uncertain. And so now she's at the same place. She's like, I'm feeling good. It's summer. It's a great time to be in LA. So I love that. 
So what are you currently passionate about right now? I feel like our passions can kind of shift and change, but I'm wondering what's kind of current for you. I love that question. Um, and I think it's interesting too, cause like we connected so long ago and like have both been on these journeys of being multi-passionate and like changing, you know, what we're doing a lot. And I, I've been thinking a lot about it lately and I, I'm more interested in, you know, I definitely wellness, like has always been, um, I would say since my early twenties, something I'm super passionate about in that you can live a healthy and balanced, well lifestyle sustainably attainably and like affordably. It doesn't, I mean, gosh, being in LA, how many girls are going to Arowana getting the $17 smoothies every day? I just, it's not for me. So I'm more of like, you know, cooking at home and, um, you know, affordable, easy meals and doing exercise that feels good and feels like self-care, like dance is for us. And then also just like other lifestyle stuff. Like I really love, home things right now. I mean, we've been our, in our apartment for two years and I keep saying it finally feels like cozy and like us, we have so many plants, we've hung pictures on the walls and, you know, definitely need to do like a little bit of cleaning as I look around this room right now, but like, you know, that kind of thing. And then, um, I don't know, like clothes and travel. Like I really just having like a well-rounded life is so important to me, especially we're married and, maybe want to start a family someday, just like having things that I love around me and love to see and that make me happy. Like, I think maybe all that's to say that mental health is probably something I'm really passionate. Um, cause I think that's what it all comes down to at the end of the day. I love that. And it's so true. Like if our, if our mental health isn't where it needs to be, everything else doesn't matter, you know, like all the beautiful things and the people around us, it like, it really doesn't matter. And I've been going through this myself and anyone that knows me knows that right now I'm like deep in it. Cause I've been on birth control for a really long time and they switched my birth control without telling me recently and my mental health. I am usually really good about if my health is like mental health is not good. I'm meditating I'm tapping and dancing. And it was a, nothing was working. It was a good reminder for me that like, that's my number one priority and nothing else matters. And to focus on that, if it's not feeling good, if it's not feeling like where it needs to be, then that needs to be the priority and everything else can kind of come later. So I love that that's been a focus for you too. And all of your content is so just inspiring and uplifting, but it's also very real. And I feel like we'll get into that later, but I love how you bring this really just realistic approach to everything that you do. And I think that's why so many people connect with you because you're like, I'm not going to air one and buying the $17 smoothie every day. I'm going to make my smoothie at home. And I think those things are way more approachable to 99% of the population. Why are we acting like that? It's not, you know? And I think that's yeah. super important with social media is to start just being realistic <laughs> about how yeah. we approach everything. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. And I do think too, like there's something to be said for the people who are sharing just this like really, really beautiful stuff. I mean, I'm gosh, I'm on TikTok more than I'd like to admit. And it, you know, I get served some of these just like absolutely stunning homes or people with like the perfect wardrobe and all this stuff. And I, I love seeing that too, but I think at the end of the day, I just, it's not, that's not for me. That's not going to happen for me because I don't necessarily want it to, I want it to, I, you know, I could make it happen, but I just like the real stuff, even recipes, right. It's like people make some really gorgeous food out there and some really amazing, flavorful, just like very elaborate meals. Like 
I, I'm, I'm just not that girl. I'm getting like the quinoa or farro from Trader Joe's and putting in whatever chopped veggies are in my veggie drawer at that time. And maybe throwing some cheese and nuts on it and calling it a day. Like that's all, you know, <laughs> whatever is available is like what I'm using. And I think too, you know, a lot of us are like working adults and we've got a lot going on and, and there isn't necessarily time to do like those things. But again, if that's what's making somebody's mental health better, doing those elaborate meals or going to Erewhon for that smoothie, then by all means go do a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's so personal. And that's what I feel like is the takeaway. It's not that you can't do that. Like if you can't do that, you know, you do you, yeah. but also not putting these expectations on ourselves that aren't realistic or that, like you said, aren't us. I have been, you know how it is owning your own business. The thought of cooking at the end of the day makes me want to cry. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so we're doing our chickpea pasta and olive oil for dinner tonight again. And my husband's like, again, <laughs> that's like all I have energy for, but then that's okay too. Like there are times where you can make the elaborate meal or make something that's like fun and exciting, or you just like do whatever you can at that point. And that's okay too. So, yeah. And it's, um, the, the last thing I'll say about that is like being so sure of yourself and knowing that, like you said, the expectation, like you don't have to be that person. You don't have to be the person that with that perfect house. Like, even if you enjoy seeing that it's okay. If you don't have those things, like you can be someone else and do your own things. Cause you know, Hey, I love chickpea pasta with olive oil. Like, you know, (laughs) so if you, if you like that, you can be so confident in yourself. It doesn't mean that you're less than just because you're not living that life that you see someone else living. Mm, Yes. It's a confidence thing. Like you have to, I feel like confidence in that area is even more difficult than it's like when you're home by yourself and you're doing the things, like, are you confident in the choices that you make and the things that you do, you know, when like nobody else is watching, like, it doesn't mean that you're any less of a magical badass babe, just because you're making <laughs> chickpea pasta. It's like, no, I am just living my life. I'm confident in what I'm doing. You know, this is it. I love <laughs> this that. That's what you get. <laughs> so true. So Jordan, what is your sun, moon, and rising sign? I'm always curious about this for my guests, and I'm so intrigued to hear yours. And I feel like I've maybe seen it on social at some point, but I'm curious. So um, I have tried to do like human design readings and things. I don't know my birth time and neither do my parents, (laughs) but I am a Virgo through and through. I mean, I think Virgo season started on what the 23rd and then my birthday was yesterday on the 25th. So I, I know I'm on the cusp, but like, I just resonate with like every Virgo thing, maybe not every single one, but most Virgo things like that is me to a T. I love that. And also, I mean, my parents didn't have my birth time and it was so funny because my mom said it was around six 30. So I just, I just said six 30 and all my birth chart and it did make sense to me. So I was just like, I'm going to go with this for now. And then I was digging through some stuff at my parents' house. Um, in my old bedroom and there's like my grandmother's handwriting on something that had my birth time. And my mom didn't even know it existed. My, um, birth certificate didn't say it, like nothing said it. So I think it was like six 36. That was my birth time. Hey, close enough. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> so very close. Amazing. So what has been your favorite way to move your body lately? And you're a dancer, you take a lot of workout classes in person. So I'm curious to see what that is. Yeah. So I 
I'm someone who needs to switch it up every single day. Otherwise I get bored. And so I'm kind of all over the place, honestly. So my, my dance studio moved about 30 minutes South of here when it was just 10 minutes away and it's 30 minutes with no traffic. So I was going to dance like earlier this year, at least once a week. And it was bringing me so much joy and I still love to do that, but realistically, I'm not going to be able to go as often. So I do love to dance probably once every two or three weeks I go to class and I'll go to like heels or jazz funk. Those are like, although they just, they just started like, um, I think it's a beginner contemporary, which is good. Cause I, I have like injuries and stuff, obviously. So I'm not interested in taking like an intermediate contemporary class and like pulling all my muscles right now. So a beginner one sounds amazing. So I think I might try to do that maybe next weekend. And then I love going to Pilates reformer classes. I love the mega former, but I really just like traditional Pilates too. I think it feels so good on the body and it's still such a good burn. And like, I feel sore, but I have back problems. I've had back problems since I was 18 and that's like so good for your core. So Pilates has always really helped me. And then I actually really like home workouts. I, I have been doing, I never thought I was going to be this Peloton girly, but here I am. <laughs> I am obsessed. It's so, I love it. Like Who's I your favorite it? instructor. Okay. I okay. love Callie. Okay. I've not taken one. You will love her. She's a dancer. Okay. She's a former oh, dancer. Cool. So I think, I believe she's a bit younger than me. So I knew of her, I think she grew up competing. And so I, I knew of her name and then, um, she lives in New York and like, I'm from New York. So I feel like I had heard of her. And then when she was a Peloton instructor, I was like, oh my God, I have to take her classes. So she's my favorite for strength. And then for, and then I also love Adrian Williams. He's just very hot. Like he's so hot and it's very motivating to me. Um, and then <laughs> for cycling, I love Allie Love. I, I think like her playlists are just like, she's the same music taste as me and music as a dancer, you know, so that's like my number one. If the music's not good, I'm not interested, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Same. I do love to go to workout classes and I do like being in that group setting, but if I'm completely honest, I feel like working out for me, since it's such a big part of my self-care actually like being alone. And I like doing, you know, whatever I want in the moment and, you know, working out from home is so much easier, especially in this city. Like I was going to classes that it would take me 35 minutes to get to 10 minutes to find parking and walk over the class was an hour. And then sometimes it was longer to get home depending on traffic. And like, I just don't, I mean, I, I'm, I was at a different point in my life pre COVID with my career and everything and work was a little bit slower than it was this past year. But like the thought of taking two hours out of my day to go to a workout, it's like, no, I have so many other things I'd rather do. And maybe that's, even if that's not working, like I would rather take a bath or like hang out with my husband or like go for a walk with my dog. I don't know. There's just so many other things that I cannot imagine taking that time now. So I like to go to a workout class probably once to twice a week. Not, I mean, I feel like I was going a lot more. I have class pass and I've had class pass for a long time. So like it was easy to, to go to different studios, but I am such a huge fan of home workouts and I've done them for years and I'm the same way. I'm like, I don't, who has time to go drive park? No, thank you. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not my thing anymore, but I do. I love um, Melissa Wood. 
I love her Pilates classes, yeah. Bailey Brown's Pilates yeah. classes. I love her. And then I kind of intermingle that with dance and with Peloton. And I feel like it's just a good combination. And I know you're a huge advocate of this, like finding what feels good for you and how to move your body in a way that feels fun and supportive. Like I remember doing shitty hit workouts that I hated yes. and remember oh. trying to force myself to like run on the elliptical, which I suck at. Like, I don't know how people make it look so glamorous. I am horrible. They don't. So yeah, I love that you are kind of doing that because it, to me, it just makes more sense, especially when our lives get busier to just get it in how you can, you know? Yeah. And I, I'm so blessed with like so many of my close friends are instructors. So my best friends, Rachel has her own platform. She's Rachel recharge and her class is like sculpt mixed with dance mixed with it's, it could be hit, but I just do the low impact version. I just modify. And then there's meditation in it too. I love that. I tend to do that every Thursday at five. That's what she teaches live from zoom. And then my friend Alicia also does Pilates. My friend, Amanda, who is a former professional dancer. She has this amazing bar class that like kicks my butt. And then I'll get into this later, but my new job is also for like a fitness platform. It's, um, with Megan Roop and she has the sculpt society. And like, those are so fun too. I've been doing them a lot more lately. And it's like, you know, even if it's 10 minutes, a 10 minute arms, 10 minute abs, 10 minute booty. Like if I'm not feeling motivated, I just do like two 10 minute videos and I feel better. You know, I love that too, because I have so many of my clients and my babes telling me like, I can't get in a dance class or like, I can't get in movement and 10 minutes, like nobody's telling you to have to move for an hour. I think that's the kind of societal programming that we have that the more that you do, like the better a person that makes you the better shape you'll be in. It's like, no, it's not even for that really. It's for the mental health aspect in my opinion. So Jordan, tell me a little bit about your dance background, because when you moved to LA originally, you were there to be a professional dancer. And like you said, you had some injuries and stuff like that, but I would love to know how that experience was for you and just why you ultimately decided it wasn't the path for you. Yeah. So I have been dancing since I was five and I started competing when I was eight. And it was like, I mean, anyone who's done this also knows like, it's such a big part of your identity. I mean, my whole life was competitive dance and every day after school, every weekend, I was just dancing and traveling and competing and all that. And like still super close with those gals. So I did that until yeah, I was 18. I went to NYU for college, but I didn't, um, my parents actually didn't let me major in dance. And I was the only one of my age group in like that we were competing together who didn't go to dance or didn't go to college for dance. And I was the only one that continued to dance. And I am so thankful for that because I know it sounds like, Oh, my parents would let me No, I think they just wanted me to, to have a regular school experience and, and dance on the side. And the girls who majored in dance, all my friends, they stopped dancing after like sophomore year because they got burnt down on it. And I, so I, I wanted to go, I only wanted to go to NYU. I only applied to NYU honestly early, um, because I knew that if I was in New York city, I could go to Broadway dance center in steps and even audition or things like that. Like I did this rocket summer intensive program because I thought I wanted to be a rocket and all that. And it was only possible because I was in Manhattan and I'm from close to New York city anyway. So I danced through college, just taking class. And then I also ran a dance company at school with a friend. And then I moved out here. I did not think that, I mean, I hadn't even been to LA. I didn't even think, I thought I wanted to be a rocket. I grew up wanting to be on Broadway. I can't sing or act for anything. Like it is not 
good. So Broadway was like eliminated because uh, you kind of have to be able to do those things. And then after I did the Rockhead Summer Intensive, I realized this is not for me. And I went to LA for spring break my junior year with my mom. And I took class. And after my first day of taking class, at, it was called Edge. It's no longer open, but it was like my home when I first moved here. I loved it. I took class there and I was like, I think I need to try. I think I need to like see what happens because I've spent so much time and energy. They've spent so much time and energy and money. Like, just dancing my whole childhood that like, I kind of have to give it a shot and see what happens. I owe it to myself. So a week after graduation, I moved out here. I drove cross country with my dad and I lived in a frat house for like two and a half months while I got my feet on the ground. And I started um, hostessing at restaurants and nannying on the side. And I, I got an agent like my first week here. I was very grateful. A friend of mine started a connection with MSA, which is an agency out here. And I, you know, that's, that's how I started getting auditions. And so I just did auditions all the time. I mean, it was so my first audition I was, Oh God, I went, I had the headshot and the resume and everything that was fine. My outfit. Oh, I don't even want to think about it. I was just not. And I was only like one of 10 girls. It was a special call. It wasn't even an open call. Like if you, I've been to open calls for like Kanye with 600 people or Lady Gaga, 600 people. This was a special call. And I looked so dumb. Like I just looked whatever. I can't even get into it. Cause it's so embarrassing, but I was just very ill-prepared. And it, I think it was, you're supposed to wear heels. I didn't have heels. I wore doc Martin combat boots. Okay. So bad. And then, but you kind of get, you know, after a while I figured it out, I danced on a cruise ship for two months, which I realized quickly was not for me. I broke my contract. I just couldn't hang. And then when I got back, I started to do more like music videos, commercials. I was part of two dance companies. One was called the LA Follies. They're still around. They're so cute. It's like back, back then, great Gatsby had come out. So flapper stuff was really big. So we did a lot. We danced at like Chris, uh, I think, yeah, Chris Jenner's 60th birthday party, which was on TV, which was cool. Some like big corporate parties with this, like great Gatsby kind of theme. And then also showgirl kind of stuff they do. And then I was in a burlesque group, which was fun for a couple years. And yeah, I also hand modeled, which was truly such a fun part of my life. I know that it's random as heck, but it was so fun and quite lucrative if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I mean, I broke my back when I was 18, but I, 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 I danced on it and I healed from that. And so that was before I even moved out here. I hurt my back again when I was 22 and that healed. That was another part of the reason the cruise ship was hard for me because I was injured. And then I, I actually had, I, I had really bad back pain. I had bulging discs throughout my back and neck after I started uh, my desk job. So long story short, I, or long story long at this point, I stopped dancing professionally when I was about 26. I graduated from business school and thought, you know what, it is time for me to get a job and do something with my MBA. And like, you know, it, it's in LA and I'm sure everywhere, but I think especially in this city, being young is everything. And I looked young for a long time. I was going out for like high school roles, stuff on ABC family or whatever it's called now, <laughs> um, free form until I was like 25. And then, you know, you hit a point where like girls are here and they're 18 and they're fresh out and ready to go. And like, I just didn't look like that anymore. And I also didn't, I mean, I would work on set for 12 hours and make a hundred dollars. Like it was just not, I was just done, you know? <laughs> so 
Oh my gosh. I love hearing this because I, I've known that you were a dancer and I like knew that you had experience in like commercials and in companies and stuff like that, but I had no idea the extent of it. Like how cool that you had this, like you said, you lived so many lifetimes and I feel the same way with my dance career. I feel like you just move so quickly through from like high school up into your early twenties, everything's moving so fast and you do a thousand different things. And i also did the cruise ships wasn't for me because of the back injury, like cruise ships are no joke. And it's like, it was so much on my body as well. So that's fascinating. Like the parallels from that, but I love that you got to enjoy it for the time that you did. It sounds like it was a really beautiful experience, even though dancers just get paid shit and it's like not getting much better. I feel like there is more awareness of it, but not as many people are like making a big enough deal about it to actually see the change. Um, so I feel like probably smart move (laughs) to get out of it when you did, but that's just so cool. And like your experience in New York and everything, I love hearing about everyone's dance backgrounds, even if dance isn't like your main career now, it's such a huge piece of who we are. Like you said, it's an identity for most of us, but it's good to be aware of that, how much we attach ourselves to it. Because like, like you said, going through injury, going through changes, like getting married, like these things change our lives in so many different ways. And we have to kind of detach from that a little bit and, and see who we are outside of dance, you know? It's so true. And it's funny because, so my, my parents are actually really, really close with the other, we call them the dance moms and dads. Um, mm-hmm. So my parents are actually closer with all those girls that I grew up with their parents than even we are because we've moved away and all this stuff, but we're still friends. They were at my wedding and things like that. But the parents always say like, we were good kids. I mean, we still, we still like, I don't know. I didn't really, I was pretty much a goody two shoes in high school, but some of the other girls, you know, they would party or whatever. And like, we had fun and we all had fun in college and stuff like that. But we, it is just a sense of discipline and purpose and confidence and teamwork and all of these things. Like I just, I am so grateful for it, honestly, every day, because aside from maybe making it your career or something like that, and I know it's expensive too. Like I think about, gosh, if I ever have, you know, a little girl and she wants to dance or a little boy wants to dance, like the cost of all of those things, like how lucky I was, but I do think like it is, it has impacted me so positively. I know, you know, it could go different ways for different people, but positively for me. And I'm so grateful for that. That's amazing to have that experience from it. And I feel like mine was an, like, you know, it was a rocky experience, but I am so grateful for it because I love dance so much. And I would never have gotten to this place of having this relationship with dance and teaching heels and burlesque. If I hadn't went through the, you know, shitty parts of it. Yeah. And (laughs) And so I feel like everyone experiences is different. And I love that you had such a good experience. And thank you for saying that. I mean, I think too, you know, there are a lot of negatives, obviously Mm -hmm. like it, you know, growing up, I would say high school, I'm actually not a competitive person. Like I really don't care um, to be honest, but there, (laughs) there were a few years where you know, and it takes a toll on you. Like it takes, I think about my high school self, like if I were to perform a solo and it didn't go well, like the ways you beat yourself up when you get off stage or like in college, the auditions before I was doing it professionally, like trying to figure out if I wanted to. And like, I auditioned for an agency and I did, I didn't make it past the first cut, um, back when I was in New York, like that takes a toll. And then when you're out here, the amount of times you're told, no, the amount of times you you're told you booked a job and then it falls through or like, 
you book a job, you film it, and then it doesn't go anywhere. Like there, there are definitely a lot of negative parts. And I'm sure too, with like body stuff, that's a whole other beast, but I do think like the thick skin it gives you in the moment, it can be really, really tough, but I feel like I handle bad news better than a lot of people that I know, because I am so used to, I'm so used to not getting my hopes up. I mean, that's why like when things change for me, like when I got a new job or like, let's say we were moving or something. I mean, I don't announce that. So I don't share that stuff until I know it is set in stone because dance has taught me that like, you're not you're not booked until you are filming on set cameras rolling and you get a paycheck, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's this beautiful way that we can learn how to detach and not make these things, these whatever jobs or these positions or kind of shifts in our life mean anything about us as a person or our yeah. worth, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I believe in myself and I know that like, I am going to create an amazing life, but also I'm not attached to like one specific outcome or one specific way that it has to look. And I feel like dancing definitely gives you <laughs> that skin yeah. and you have to learn to very quickly be okay, especially in the ballroom industry. Like we would do coachings where we would have like our coach and then we would have another coach talking the whole lesson, telling us what we were doing wrong for like oh two gosh. hours. And it was just like, no, like move your arm this way, like engage your, like it, so much information. And you have to just like, kind of put this wall up where you're like, this doesn't mean anything about me. They're just like doing their job. And that was the hardest part about dancing for me because I soak up everything and I yeah, soak up too. a lot of negativity, but it has taught me to like, be okay when those things don't go our way and just learn how to like adapt. I was especially sensitive growing up and like, you know, that goes back to like, you know, you go home and you maybe cry a little bit about it, but at the mm -hmm. end of the day, the, that's a skill to learning how to take feedback. That's a skill you need in every aspect of your life, no matter what industry you're in, what industry you go on to. So like maybe, you know, even if you did ballroom and you never danced again, you would take that skill and you would use it. If you're a doctor, if you're like, I don't know, working as like an interior designer, like you're always going to have feedback in your life and mm -hmm. learning how to just take that and roll with it. Like that's an, yet another amazing skill that we learned at an early age, even though it was tough in the moment. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. So I'm curious how you kind of transitioned from dancing to starting Dancing for Donuts, because like I said, that's how we kind of connected. So what inspired that transition from dance to like wellness, lifestyle blogging? You have a really big community on Instagram. There's something that you've done that's inspired people. And I feel like every time you post something, I'm so excited to see what you have to say. Oh, that means everything to me truly. Um, but I, I actually started my blog when I moved out here because it was a way to, uh, keep in touch with people. So I, and for like reference, that was in 2011. So it was a long time ago. I read blogs in college, mostly food blogs and some fashion blogs existed. Um, it was big Tumblr, Tumblr times. And then when I moved here, I was like, okay, even if no one reads it, I never thought that anyone would like read it. Right. It's that was so early on that it was absolutely not any kind of money-making thing or whatever, like even community building. I was like, I'm never going to be one of those people, but this is so that I can write about my experiences here. And, um, like I said, I lived in that frat house. So like we, I learned how to grill and we would grill pizzas. Like I would talk about that, or I'd talk about the things I was doing here. And I actually, in terms of wellness, I mean, I grew up eating like takeout and frozen food. And my parents, they both worked 
their butts off in the city. So I grew up with like babysitters and we were not having any kind of elaborate or healthy meals. And I was dancing so many hours a day that I never really thought about it. Uh, so I didn't start really caring about what I was putting into my body until I moved here. And a big piece of that, why I'm so passionate about like wellness on a budget is because I didn't have money when I moved here. I didn't have money for a long time and I'm still forever saving for things like a house or whatever. So I learned how to eat healthy without spending a lot. So I would literally, like I said, go get a bag of quinoa meal, prep that, but buy whatever veggies were on sale and then make food for myself. And it it had to be healthy because I had to, you know, feel my body for dance and of course look a certain way as well. So like that, that's kind of how that all started. And the reason it's called dancing for donuts is so I grew up having donuts every Sunday. It was like a tradition that my dad had for us. Actually, when I moved out here, there were no Dunkin' Donuts. Like that's what we had Dunkin' Donuts when I was in New York, there were no Dunkin' Donuts here. And there are these like sort of crappy kind of donut chops in LA a lot of the time. And I didn't want to go to them. So I would make my own. So I I have like a raging sweet tooth and I would bake my own healthy versions of treats. Um, and so like all these things combined, that's kind of when I started my blog, the the first one is called the dancing donut and it is bad. It is still out there somewhere on the internet. And it is like (laughs) very embarrassing, but I, started taking dancing for donuts seriously, more seriously, I would say during business school. So I started going to business school two years after I moved here and I was going part-time. So I was dancing during the day or like weekends or, you know, booking whatever gigs that I could. And then going to school, I had class Tuesday nights and Thursday nights or Thursday nights and Saturday mornings. So it varied over the three-year period that I was in school, but like all of those things combined I had my blog. Basically, I just like I had to start caring when I moved here and like had to really figure out how to care for myself, you know, being an adult, not having mom and dad's uh, kitchen or money or things like that. So it was a it was a big wake up call, honestly. Yeah, it is. And it's so funny because I did. I think that's when I started a dancer's plate was, which the name Um, when I moved to Utah and I started training so much and like and you're dancing all day. You're exhausted. You're starving. I remember I would wake up and I would eat like three muffins that I made like meal preps. And I look at my like portion sizes and I was like, wow, I was eating so much, but I was moving all day nonstop from like six in the morning till five o'clock. And then I would work at the library until midnight. So it was just a hustle. And that's when I started making, I mean, they weren't healthy. It was like the low fat, low carb, you know, know, healthy at the time, (laughs) at the time it was healthy. And I just remember thinking it was the coolest thing. And I was taking these horrible photos of my food and like really (laughs) shitty lighting. And I would take photos like when we went out to eat. And it was so funny because my husband and I first started dating, which was right before I graduated high school. I would take photos of my food everywhere. And I remember one time I got up on the chair (laughs) at the restaurant and he was like, what are you doing? (laughs) You're standing on the chair and everyone's looking at you, but it was just such a moment, you know, when everybody was like taking photos of their avocado toast and their acai bowls. And I still, like, I posted a photo of my smoothie yesterday and I'm like taking it back to the roots. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, it's fun. Like, I think at the end of the day, I started doing it because it's fun. And like, it was something that was interesting to me. It was, I am such an advocate for hobbies. Like, I don't care how old you are. I don't care what you do. If you don't have hobbies, where are you finding joy in your life? Like, 
and I, that's the thing about being a professional dancer too. Like we have taken our passion and maybe being an entrepreneur as well, depending on what you do, but it's like, we've taken our passion, turned it into our job. So now where is my hobby? So it was like, you know, if taking pictures of my silly foods makes me happy, I'm going to do it. And I still do it. I mean, I will say a big perk of living in LA is that so many people here are doing that. So many people are with, they're vlogging, they're taking pictures, they're in the street with their crazy outfit. So I actually don't often feel like if I were to stand on a chair at a restaurant, I don't think anyone would even look at me. It is so normal. So I will say that is something I I appreciate about being here. (laughs) That is so funny. I love it so much. And yeah, that was definitely like when, you know, we were, I think we were in Asheville and it was like, no, but I mean, blogging was just starting. Instagram was just getting popular, but LA is like a whole another vibe. You just go and you are just unapologetically (laughs) vlogging, like you said on the street. And I love it. And like you said, it's, it's fun. And I feel like that's what this generation is creating. It's like, we are trying to turn the things that we love into like a full-time thing. Like we can have fun for a career and that is so unique and special. And so I love that that's what you've been doing as well. And we also talk a lot about confidence just here on the podcast. And you mentioned confidence when you're referring to some of the stuff that you were talking about. And one of the main components of confidence is just feeling good. And something that Gala Darling, which I'm obsessed with her, one thing that she says is that feeling good is our job. So I'm just curious how babes listening to the podcast can utilize their health and wellness to feel better and just ultimately create more confidence. Like what small tangible things could they start doing? I love that. Um, phrase. That's amazing. I have to look into her, but yeah, I think it's like so many things put together. So like, I know a lot of people are really big on morning routines and I am, I am in many ways as well. Like I'll be honest, I wake up, I make my coffee and I watch my favorite YouTubers. Like, I don't know if that's the best morning, morning routine out there. Um, I don't know if that's like, there's like a million dollar morning routine. I don't know if you've seen that. It's like the, the morning routine that million millionaires do billionaires. I don't think they're getting up and watching YouTubers, but you know what? that makes me happy. I sip my coffee slowly. I'm not checking my email. I, I do check my email, but I don't respond to anything. Like I just want to see, make sure everything's good, but I'm not responding to anything. And then I go for like a 30 minute walk with my little family. You know, those are small things. And I make a good breakfast. I always have, I, for the most part, make a green smoothie, but it, it doesn't matter what you're making. Just like having a good breakfast and getting your day started on the right foot. And then finding time for movement. Like I said, I go on a walk in the morning. A lot of people love to work out in the morning. Um, I'm more of like a midday gal personally. I think it's nice to break up the day, break up the time that you're sitting at your desk or looking at a screen with some movement. And then at the end of the day, like cooking a meal for me brings me so much joy. And I know I'm doing something good for my body. And then I love to like be in bed at a reasonable hour. I'd say during the week I'm in bed around 10 and I read until 10 30. And then I'm lights out. Like, again, everyone looks so different, but if you find the things that you feel good about doing, you feel like, you know what, actually like doing an 8am workout every day makes me feel my best or not every day, but like, let's say, you know, you're like Monday through Friday at 8am, I'm going to do this class or something like that. Like, you know, that that's going to give you those endorphins and make you feel confident and all those other things like ride with that. And it's going to change. Like it's going to change over time. I would say I definitely, um, my workout schedule has changed. I used to do 
an hour and 20 minutes of workout a day. My life has shifted since I did that. And so I do a lot less now, but doing the two 10 minute videos when I can, that makes you feel really good. So I'm going to prioritize that. I think a big thing for me that I'm really about realizing about confidence is keeping the promises you make to yourself. So like if I said every night before I go to bed, I make a to-do list for the next day and I put down, you know, the task for work that I have to do, but also a workout. Usually maybe for today, I have Peloton, a ride in arms, 30 minute ride in arms for 4 PM. I'm going to tell you right now, that's probably not happening. I have a full day. It's like, I'm tired. You know, it's Friday is a 4 PM, 30 minute workout going to happen. Like, I don't really think so, but I promised myself that I would do something today. So maybe it's not the 30 minute like ride with arms. Maybe it's a 15 minute ride and five minute apps or something, you know, because I know that that's going to make me feel good at the end of the day that I did that. Or maybe I'm really tired and instead I go for a walk with my dog and then I take a bath, right? Like it's, it's just kind of honoring what you need, but knowing what's going to make you feel good there. I think there's a difference too, between feeling motivated and like that consistency and having goals like fitness or wellness goals, but also being realistic and gentle with yourself. And I'm learning that as I get older too. And and that goes with like body, uh, what is the word? Like not negative self-talk, the opposite, positive self-talk, like don't stare at yourself in the mirror, Jordan, for 30 minutes and pick apart, like what's not looking good. Take that 30 minutes and do something else with your time. Like that's a big piece of it too. Cause I, I struggle with that for, for many, many years. And I love all of that because it's so, like you said, it's tangible. It's something that you can, one of the quotes that I heard recently was confidence is the promises that you keep to yourself, which yes. I really love that. Yes. And it really is. And it's not like you have to promise yourself all of these things. It's like, maybe there are three things that you do every single yeah. day that make you feel good. And when you get those in, like I have a little checklist in my notes app and I get to like put a little check mark beside it. And even if I got like three done hydrating, gratitude movement, (laughs) you know, like I have done something good for myself that day. And I, I love that that's the same approach that you're taking and it doesn't have to look the same every single day. Exactly. For sure. So, like I said, one thing that I love about your content is that you just keep it super real and I feel like it's approachable and it's inspiring. And one of the things about social media, I kind of I've kind of backed away in the last few years of consuming content just because there's so much noise and mm-hmm. I feel like it can be so curated, you know, like even for myself, sometimes I'm like, I'm so sick of doing photo shoots. Like I'm so sick yeah. of like putting this curated content up, but also when you have a business, that's just, it's what you do. So yeah. I think it's super important for creators to, and we have a lot of like creators and entrepreneurs that listen to the podcast. And I think it's so important to stay true to ourself and authentic and that word's so overused, but it's, it's true, like authentic to who we are. So I'm curious, have you done that without worrying about judgment what other people think of you? Like, how are you able to just kind of embrace that authenticity? Because especially when it comes to online especially with what I do, maybe not so much as what you do, but I feel like there can be such a negative connotation or people's um, response can be pretty negative. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious if you've like dealt with any of that, or if you just feel like I post it and I just disappear, (laughs) like, how do you, how do you deal? Because you have, like I said, a pretty large community at this point. 
Thank you. It doesn't feel so large to me sometimes, you know, just seeing what everyone else is doing and like with Instagram reels and TikTok, it could be so hard with videos. I definitely don't like post and not care about it. I mean, in reality, I have a few friends that I text, I call them coworkers because we all do the same, roughly the same thing. Um, and we, you know, a lot of the time we're complaining and we're like getting really discouraged, you know, like it can be really tough these days to, to feel like you're standing out and gosh, are my views good? Or like, why does this person have more views than me? And it's the same kind of video. What the heck, you know? Um, so I think that's really where my more like frustration comes from, as opposed to feeling like other people are judging me. And the reason for that is maybe it's because I'm like sure of, of what I'm doing at this point, but I feel like the people that I, the community I've cultivated, like I do put on a filter, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. Like the story I'm putting on the same filter, part of it's for the vibe. Part of it's because it makes me look better when I don't have any makeup on. And I don't wear makeup that often during the day for like everyday stuff. And I never feel like I can't show up on stories with no makeup or something like that because, and again, it's, it's like a light filter. It's not going to, it's not like drastically changing my appearance. It's just making me look like mildly tanner and kind of smoothing out wrinkles, but it's not like putting on makeup or something, but I feel like people have made me feel comfortable. No one, like I think about my favorite people to follow. And I, again, love watching YouTube videos. So I have these YouTube gals that I have been watching for probably eight years, if not more. And I love that. I feel like I could call them my friends, even though they are definitely not my friends, but I have accidentally referred to them as my friends because they are sharing so much of themselves. And those girls are not turning on the camera only when they have makeup on. They are turning that camera on the moment they wake up till the moment they go to bed while taking off their makeup, while crying or whatever. And it's like, those are the people that I feel like I know best. And because I feel like I connect with them because they do those things. I'm like, I want to do that too. Am I going to cry on my story? Probably not. Have I? Yes, but not often. And it's just like, you know, but I think it's okay. I think there's a fine line between sharing between like complaining or like being overly negative. I think you can be almost real to the point where it's like, it's not actually serving anyone. Cause I've seen that too. And that's some advice I've given to other creators who have like asked for my opinion. I think you can be real without being a downer all the time. And if you're going through, if you, if you're having a bad week, like by all means, share it that you're having a bad week. I've never once shared stuff like that and had a bad response. Maybe people unfollow me that I don't know because I'm not checking that stuff or I wouldn't know why they unfollow me. But it's like, if I were to share something today, like it has been such a week, I am ready for a glass of wine and a bubble bath and like early bed tonight or something. I guarantee that if I were to take a poll, people would be like, people would say yes. Or if I didn't take a poll, people would respond like, Oh my God, why was this week so crazy? Or like, what, what is in the air this week? Why was it so rough? Or maybe they don't, but I, I never feel like people are going to judge you for that. Cause it is relatable. And that being said, I'm not going to go on and on for five story frames. Be like, this was such a rough week. Like every day is bad, blah, blah, blah. You have to find the, the line between being real, but then still being like a place for people to come to where they can maybe find positivity. So maybe it's like, sharing realness and then also sharing like a positive quote or how you get out of that funk. Maybe you're in a, a real bad funk. Maybe you take the day off social media. That's no problem. It can wait. No one's going to unfollow you and hate you because you didn't post a day or two or three or whatever. And then you come back and you share something valuable that you learned or a tool that someone can take away from, you know, what's going on. And like, I don't think people would think negatively 
of that. You know, I've never, I've never thought of someone negatively because they said they had a bad day. No, definitely not. And I love that because that's how we actually create connections online is by being ourself versus showing up as like this curated version of ourselves. And I am all for a filter and some lashes. And I'm also all for (laughs) like, like wild, crazy hair and hopping on Instagram just because I need to like vent about something that's going on, but there's always a purpose behind it. Like I never do it. And sometimes it's funny because I actually like will film a story and then I watch it back. I'm like, this was for like, this serves nobody. And then I just (laughs) delete it. You know, sometimes you just need like that space, but I love how you've cultivated this safe community. And, and that's kind of how I am right now as well. Like I created a studio, Sully Luna Instagram and anyone that follows that account that I'm like, is not giving me community vibes, you know, like creepy ass men or whatever. Uh (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just remove it. And it's, it's gave me so much power because my other account became very much like, I didn't feel like a lot of the people on that account were actually there for what I was sharing. And so it felt so empowering to just move it over to another account and start fresh. But I feel like you've done a great job of you know, cultivating that community. So I'm curious what tips you would give for someone that maybe has a social media that they are using for their work, or they just want to like create that community for themselves. Um, what tips would you give them other than that authenticity piece, which is so important? Yeah, I think, gosh, I wish I had all the tips for people to grow, but if I knew how to really, uh, grow crazy, I would have a million followers, which I do not, but I do think in terms of building a strong community, like we log on. We know these are our people. We feel comfortable sharing things. I would say just sharing. I think it's good to, I know, I know this is maybe unpopular, but a lot of people recommend having a a niche. Yeah. Have a niche, but don't just share the niche. Like if you're, if you're someone who shares food, maybe you're only sharing food in your videos and photos, but make your caption something that's actually going to give some insight into who you are. Because if somebody's not seeing your face, or even if they're seeing your face and then your food, like they're not going to know anything about you. Don't just share the recipe, share like maybe what spurred you to create the recipe. Maybe, um, it's funny. One of my, like one of a video I made on TikTok and then I put it on Pinterest and Instagram too. After the fact it was, a I made a yogurt bowl and I put text on the screen that said like POV, you were feeling kind of down. So you made yourself like a healthy snack or something. And I think it did well. Cause it's like, why, why did I, it's not just a yogurt bowl. Like, what is the deal? What's the deal behind this? Like, why am I sharing this at all? You know, and I, I try to do that. Like, I don't know if people really read long captions anymore. Uh, I do sometimes I do, you know, for the people that I really want to read about, or if I know they're going to share something valuable, there are definitely people out there that I love reading their captions, but you could just share a tidbit, like maybe share something on a Friday and you're like, happy Friday. So excited for X, Y, Z this weekend. Or like, it's been a long week. I can't wait to do this tonight or share what you're watching or reading or listening to. And stories are such a great place to do that. Right. Cause if you don't, maybe you share only one thing in your feed and then in your story, you share more of who you are. There are a lot of creators that I love, but I'm like, I don't actually know anything about you, you know? <laughs> And I think it's important to, if you really want to create community, you really want people to talk to you in your DMS and in your comments and leave you like meaningful comments, you know, give them a reason to leave a comment. If you're just writing a recipe, somebody's just going to write yum or give you a hard eye emoji. Or if you're just like sharing your outfit and all you put is the link to your like to know it. What is anyone going to say about that besides cute dress? 
you know, <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm thinking about all the, the comments that I would get, or like the comments I've seen on other people's, I'm only laughing because it's like, okay, those are so I could have done without that comment. Thank you for taking the time. However, that's not really adding anything. So if you're going to share your outfit or whatever, the purpose behind it. Mm, yes. Purpose and intention behind everything. I feel like that is so important, especially if you're taking up space on someone's feed, like bring something to them, like inspiration, yeah. happiness, joy. It doesn't have to be like this really deep spiritual no, awakening right. message, <laughs> which I feel like a lot of people in the spiritual community, they think that everything has to be like so deep. But sometimes we just need something light and we just yeah. need something fun. And that is so important as well. And so anyone that's creating content or, you know, starting a brand or anything like that, bring yourself to it. Don't leave yourself out of it. And I think that's the biggest mistake that people could make is just if all I talked about was dancing in a heel and that was it. And I didn't share anything else. I would be sick of myself. You know, <laughs> well, it's like, I mean, I certainly mm-hmm. wouldn't be sick of you, but it's like, why, if you're, let's say you're trying to get people to come to your class in yeah. person or online or whatever, mm-hmm. what is going to make them what, if I don't know anything about you, mm-hmm. what's going to make me want to take your class. You know what I mean? And I yeah. think the fitness instructors that are doing it well, I'm just using fitness for a specific example. I think about some of my friends who I mentioned earlier that have platforms. It's like, they shared more than just that. They share the other things about them. And so you connect with them and you're like, wait, this girl reads the same books as me, or this girl has the same food philosophy as me or something like that. We like to travel to the same place. We we have this, you know, whatever, maybe I'm going to want to take her class because maybe I think we could get along you know, that kind of thing. Or maybe I'll buy this woman's necklaces because I really like the mission behind it. Or I really love, I, she's a mom. I love the way, you know, I love seeing her family. I love, you know, I love the way she practices balance as a mother. Maybe um, I want to support her and buy her X, Y, Z, you know, that kind of thing too. I think that goes a long way if you have a business, because a lot of my clients have been small business, um, small women-owned businesses. And I'm like, get in there, show your face on a reel. Maybe you don't want to talk to your story. That's okay. Let's get you in there and let's talk about your why or something else you're doing, a struggle you're facing or something you're excited about, something that you've been finding is helping you with your mental health. There are so many thought starters and you can almost think of like your content as like journal prompts. So if somebody gives you a journal prompt, you can go on Pinterest and look up a journal prompt and then create a post about that. It's so true. I think that's an amazing tip because even for myself being on social media for a while, I have so much I want to talk about, but I almost feel like blocked sometimes because there's a lot that I could talk about. And then also it's that balance between like personal and then also a little bit more focused on like the work that I do. But I think trying to figure out that balance and and staying inspired, like you were talking about watching YouTube videos in the morning, I do the same exact thing. I have my (laughs) meditation, I have my tapping, but then you better believe I'm going to be sitting there drinking my coffee while I have like Elsa's wholesome life on in the background or Kula Nicholson, or I've recently been into... Oh my gosh. What is her name? She has these incredible fall aesthetic Desi, Desi something. And my friend Greta and I have actually been like messaging back and forth because 
her fall aesthetic videos are like the quintessential Pinterest fall photos. I mean, and she did like a fall decor video from like last year and stuff like that. It inspires my work. It inspires me to kind of like, you know, step outside of the box that I've set for my content and be like, but I have so many more interests. Like you said, I have so many more things that I love other than just dance. Like how can I incorporate those things? And I've really done that with like design and aesthetics and colors and stuff like that. And you can find ways to tie all the things that you love into whatever you share online. I completely agree. Yeah. It's so possible. So entrepreneurship is something that is so glorified these days and you've been doing it for a while now, but actually just started a new full-time job at Sculpt Society, which is a dance workout platform. And I'm so happy for you. I think it fits you perfectly. Thank you. So what inspired this change and what insight can you give about the reality of entrepreneurship? Because I just quit my full-time job a few months ago. And let me tell you, it isn't glamorous. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm happy for you. I'm excited for you. And I think, you you know what, my biggest thing with this is like, I know so many people that have gone from entrepreneurship or being full-time bloggers to getting a full-time job and they keep it a secret. And it makes me Mm. sad. I am here. I want to yell it from the rooftops that it is okay to change your mind. And I'm probably going to change my mind in three and a half years again. Like I started, um, I was side hustling doing social media strategy and content, all that stuff before I even left the full-time corporate world, but I've been doing it full-time solely for three and a half, just over three and a half years. And I am older now. I'm in a different place in my life. A big reason why I wanted to go out on my own was to have flexibility in my schedule. I was just starting to get invited to events. I, a lot of my friends were entrepreneurs here in LA. I felt like I didn't have enough vacation time and I couldn't work remotely. And my parents live, my brother lives across the country from me. So being able to work remotely is literally number one for me. My job, my new job is hybrid and that I will be working in person with the team probably once a week, but that's, I mean, part of that's like to shoot content and stuff. So it just makes sense. And I don't mind that at all. And they're also, gosh, I have so much travel coming up for the rest of the year because I wasn't expecting to have this big change. And they're really chill about that. And that was super important to me um, too, because like what happens when you're an entrepreneur is you lose your paid time off, you actually lose flexibility. And my biggest, biggest example, I got engaged to my now husband in March of 2021. And we got engaged in the morning on a Friday. I was on a trip with my family, but working remotely in Colorado, our family ski trip. And I would go out during my lunch break and then come back and work. So even the day that I got engaged on a Friday, we got engaged. It was so fun, you know, texted some friends and family and then went back and finished up work. Is there anything wrong with that? No, it's a regular work day. It's fine. But the fact that I couldn't like revel in that and take some time to just chill and not have to bang out more content, hop on Instagram, all this stuff for my clients. It was sad. What was even sadder was that night, the reality hit me. I was like, how am I going to go on a honeymoon when I can't even come to Colorado, which is one hour time change for my life, still in America, still like whatever. I can't even take a Friday afternoon off to celebrate. How am I going to go on a honeymoon? And I I had been thinking about making a switch for a while, but that was really like 
a, a sad wake up call for me. And I will say 2021 was my biggest business year. I met financial goals. I met career goals, like all this stuff. And I wouldn't call myself happy. Like I was so burnt out all the time and also pumping out content for dancing for donuts, which I did find joy in. That's why I kept doing it, but it's still a lot. And so this earlier this year in March, I let go of some work. Cause I knew that ramping up to the, uh, the wedding was going to be a lot. And then the honeymoon. So April and May were quieter work-wise and busy life-wise. And then I decided to really try to make the switch in about June. I started interviewing and I was, I was not in a rush. I was still very happy with my own work. I love being my own boss. I love having flexibility in terms of the hours of the day I'm working, but in reality, I'm working seven days a week and it's not real. It's by choice in a way, but also, you know, there's always work to be done. So it's like, it's yes, it's by choice, but I know that if I don't work Saturday or Sunday, I might fall behind and then the week's going to feel worse. So it's just, it's, it's different for everyone. And like, I don't think I still love being my own boss. I still love having my own business, but right now I didn't feel the drive to continue to find new clients and like hustle it out. I'm going to be hustling in a different way. So I'm, I have my full-time job and I'm still going to be working on dancing for donuts. I'll still have like content creation gigs pop up here and there, um, from dancing for donuts and things like that. So I know I will be working a bit on weekends. That is purely by choice. If in two months I'm like, I'm already burnt out. This isn't working. I will take a step back from dancing for donuts. I will take a step back from any other freelance content creation that comes in and I'll still have my full-time job and my salary. And it won't be dependent on like whether or not I can pay my bills that I'm hustling. So, and that's all to be, be said to, I want to be a mom like soon. And there's no maternity leave when you're your own boss, you know? So that's, that was a consideration. I also COVID really taught me that I love a slower life. I love being at home and not making a zillion plans. I am a social person. I love my friends so much, but they also like, we're, I feel like we've all kind of come to this place in our lives. If we don't see each other every week, it's okay. You know, it's not, doesn't mean anything. And I have long distance friendships. My friends who are still in New York or wherever they are, like, doesn't mean we're not friends just because we don't see each other all the time. We're, We're busy. We're doing stuff and it's okay to prioritize some nights at home alone as opposed to like being at events, I say no to events most of the time now. Like I, I just don't, I just don't feel like going. And so my mom was worried when I decided to take a full-time job, she's like, how are you going to go to your workout classes? What if you get invited to an event in the middle of the day? One, like I said, I'm working out more at home. It doesn't matter to me, or I can go at lunch or after work or on a weekend Two, like, if I were to get invited to some sick event, I am positive that if I asked Megan and Morgan, if I could go to this event for two hours in the middle of my my day, that I could go as long as I got my work done before and after. So it's just, it's a, it's a matter of me needing to turn off a little bit right now um, and have some better work-life balance. Yes. And that goes back to the confidence piece and like knowing yourself and knowing exactly what you need. And I feel like you just gave some beautiful insight from your past 33 years on the planet and (laughs) how you can start to just do what you need and, and start to put yourself first and not meet these like societal expectations or like, you know, I started this and now I have to like, see it through to the end. Actually, some things just don't feel in alignment anymore and we can shift and change. And I think that that's so inspiring for people to hear because I feel like social media really glamorizes entrepreneurship 
And even like, I am so much happier now, but I was at a very toxic job. So I feel like that also plays into it. You know, what are you moving away from? I think Mm -hmm. that impacts it, but you moving into this job that feels really in alignment and it's something that you love to do. Like, why would you not, you know? (laughs) And I think some people just see like, if they went back to like a full-time job, that that's like a failure It's actually, no, this doesn't fit for my life anymore. And what I'm wanting and for you to be starting a family soon, which is like so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And getting married and, you know, you just have other priorities. And I think that that's we all have shifts in priorities on a monthly, yearly basis. And, Literally. and to like take those things into account and not try to set out on the same plan that we set like three years ago. You know what yeah. I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. It's just all about what's feeling, feeling good in every way. Like I'm to, to me, getting this full-time job is going to help me prioritize my mental health. That's my hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and my family, right? Like that's, those are my priorities right now. In a year, mm-hmm. I have no idea. I don't even know what life is going to look like in six mm-hmm. months. And that is okay. <laughs> you know? Yes, absolutely. So this year has just been so pivotal for you. You actually just got married. Like you said, we both got married yeah, this year. Congratulations. <laughs> congratulations as well. And you know, that's such a big shift. Now you're starting a new job and like things are just changing for you. So I'm curious how do you just ground and find presence during all of like the changes and the craziness? Because wow, the few months leading up to a wedding, right? It is just, and then the, the come down after is also something that not a lot of people talk about. So that's how you're just enjoying this time, staying present. And I feel like something that's really special about you is you very much make it a point to enjoy all the little moments in between the big things, you know? And so I'm just curious, like how you do that and why it's so important to find that, that happiness and that joy and just the tiny things, you know? Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. I think, um, yeah, I'm big on like the little, the little things like I, and I think that's a, a, big reason why I like to document that stuff because mm-hmm. maybe making a pretty breakfast that seems silly, but like it makes me happy. And then I document it and share it because like sharing makes me happy. I don't know. It's just, or like my mornings again, our, our morning walk, we go around 8am every single day to walk our dog. And we try to have no phone walks unless it's like a work emergency or something, but we just take that time together to chat and just catch up and like, I don't know, even if, even if it's as little as like at the end of the day, I do this thing where I make, I pour my seltzer or whatever drink into a wine glass. It's just, I got that from you. And it's so so funny. It's so funny because one of my clients reached out and she said, Oh my gosh, this is the best idea ever. I'm like, girl, it's not my idea. I stole it from Jordan. Because oh when you started you. doing that, I started pouring my kombucha in a wine glass. And now I pour, not today, but I usually pour my my seltzer, my sparklings in a wine glass. It just makes you feel happy, you know? Like yes. And like, I have become addicted to taking baths. Like, I don't know who I am. I actually work in the bath a lot. People are like, why are you taking baths every day? I'm actually editing because I can edit from, you know, I'm doing my work from my phone. Um, but okay. So even though I'm working from the bath and like, I have bubbles in there. I've got a candle burning. I've got my favorite. I put on lo-fi music. It's very calming to me. You know, those little things, like even when things are so chaotic and I get a, I'm a very high 
anxious energy person. I've always been this way. So just doing those things that feel like a little bit calmer, treating yourself throughout the day. I always have an afternoon coffee because I love it, not because I need it. Um, you could do decaf if that's not your bag or tea or something, but like, I look forward to my two ish PM coffee. It's kind of, you know, it's something that makes my day a little bit brighter, whether I make it at home or get it out. And then at the end of the day, like I, I started going to the library and I love getting books from the library because like free shopping. And I actually, I have four books over there that I am like dying to read, but I'm, it's taking me a little longer to get through the one I'm reading right now, which I love, but it's a bit long. Like I literally look forward to that. And that is when I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm not on my phone. I'm not working. I'm not looking at my planner. My phone is on do not disturb for the night. My alarm is set for the next morning. I don't even have to look at my phone before I go to bed and I'm just reading. And that is so calming to me. I don't know why, but yeah. (laughs) Those are so good. And it's so funny to me. I feel like I know this from your content, but when you mentioned that you're like an anxious person, I get the most grounded energy from watching your Instagram stories and from your posts and stuff. And that's why I asked you this question. So it's really funny because you're like, I don't like would not see myself as that way. It's like, but you do the things that help you feel that way. And even if we tend to be a little bit more anxious, I mean, even sometimes like doing this podcast, I talk so fast. I move so fast. Like my life has always been, I'm a Capricorn with an Aries moon. Like I am on hyper speed (laughs) constantly. And so taking the time to just ground and enjoy those things. And that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast because there is this pressure, especially for women, especially in the dance space, just in life to be in this very masculine driven energy. And I feel like you're Mm -hmm. such a good example of balancing that with the divine feminine and balancing it with this like grounded peaceful energy. And so all of those things that you do, they show, like they show through in your energy and in your confidence. And so I love those tips. I think they will really support a lot of the babes listening to this. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you. (laughs) So Jordan, other than your new job, which I can't wait to see when this, when does it start again? Monday. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow. So I can't wait to see that journey start to unfold. But other than that, what exciting things are coming up for you? Um, kind of, honestly, it's going to be a busy fall, but we're going to Austin, Texas for two weeks. So, um, before I got this job, we were looking to move. And so we did two weeks in Denver, which is where I would like to go. And then my husband wants to go to Texas. So we're doing trips for both of us to see, which is still relevant, maybe down the line, you never know. And then, um, we're going to be spending five weeks back East for the holidays. So my husband's from Washington, DC. So we'll be in that area for about two weeks. And then with my parents in South Carolina for three, and that is so important to me, like just that time together, even though we're working, just like being around each other. And my parents just moved to South Carolina recently. So like their house wasn't even done when we had our wedding there a few months ago. So now it'll be done when we go. Uh, And that'll be really fun. What else? I'm excited for this job. I'm excited to uh, I don't know. Fall's my favorite season. So we don't get that in LA at all. So I just like overcompensate like crazy. Like I am, I have 900 pumpkin candles. I have a fireplace burning. I have decorations. I am like watching all the fall content. So I'm excited to check out that gal you mentioned Desi, but yeah, those are just, I don't know. I'm excited for, for that, just to really enjoy life and embrace this change. 
Girl, I've been ready for fall <laughs> for like two weeks. And Me this too. is why I'm so happy that I mentioned darling Desi, because I mean, she has brought me so much joy and it's so funny because I grabbed my pumpkin mug yesterday and Luke goes, Ashlyn, it's not even September. I'm like, it has been fall for me for the last three weeks. Layoff. Listen, I went to home goods. I needed to get props for a video. I went to home goods. That whole store is Halloween. So I highly recommend anyone who wants their fall fix to go in there. I'm like literally need to go today. That yes. sounds amazing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I know I had my Gilmore girls on this morning yes. and then there is a playlist that Desi actually created. It's called romanticizing autumn. Amazing. I'm on it. It is so good. So I was playing that this morning. I have Gilmore girls on in the background. I am like already there and especially just waiting for like pumpkin spice and all the things, everything. I'm so, Bring it I'm on. so that girl. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with being basic. If, no. it, if the basic things are basic for a reason, everybody loves mm-hmm. them. Yes. They're good. Exactly. It's so true. I know. And also Hocus Pocus two is coming out this month or the oh, September. Wow. Yeah. Did you know? No. Yeah. It's coming out like September 20 something. I think, oh, I mean, of I course they'll wait. never beat the original, but like, I'm so here Still. for it. <laughs> I cannot wait. Also underrated is Halloween town from back in the day. I watch it every year. It's so good. Like a few times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Between that and Charlie Brown and the great pumpkin. Oh, yes. I just, I just love fall. I love Halloween and, um, yeah, I can't wait to just decorate my entire place with pastel pumpkins. I'm so here for it. <laughs> Me too. So pumped. So Jordan, I'm curious, what does confidence mean to you? I guess I said it kind of already. I didn't even realize what confidence to me is just being sure of yourself and not, not letting like the outside noise get to you. So making choices like going back to a full-time job and not caring so much about what other people are going to say about it, because you know, in your heart that it's right for you. If you want to wear a tiny top and you, that feels good to you to wear your super crop top out. And you don't care what someone's going to say about your body or what that says about you and your crop top, who cares? Like if that's going to make you feel confident, like rock that crop top, because it's never about the way you look. It's so it's, I, I find I've realized that some of the girls that I look up to the most in terms of confidence, like self-confidence. I guess this is specifically for appearance, but like they're exuding confidence. They're not the skinniest, fittest, whatever you want to call it, whatever you're, what you think is a version of beauty. They are not necessarily that perfect, whatever. They are just confident from within. And that shows so much. Like I'm thinking of one girl, I'm not even going to mention, cause it's not worth it, but like, she, you know, she, her body isn't necessarily the a, a model's body you would see in a magazine. And she, everything that girl wears, whether it's less clothing, more clothing, I don't care. She looks hot because she knows from within, like she is so confident in herself and like that actually has really inspired me. So, you know, just making any choices that feel really good to you, regardless of how they may feel to other people. Ooh, I'm so glad I asked you that question because you <laughs> summed it up perfectly. And that is just so empowering. When we make that switch in our brain, it it vibrates outside of us. You know, it's nothing that we wear necessarily. It's not how much we work out. It's literally like how we feel internally and it comes through on the outside. Yeah. 
So where can people find you, Jordan? Pimp yourself out. Are you still working with clients or are you kind of like taking a pause? Also, if people want to work with you as well. Um, yeah, so I'm on Instagram at dancing for donuts. There's two dots in between the dancing, the four and the donuts, because someone else has that handle and always has and always well. Um, and then I'm just dancing for donuts, no periods on TikTok, Pinterest, Facebook. I have a YouTube channel. It's kind of embarrassing. I would like to revive it, but right now, if you go on there, just know what you're getting into. It's not great. And then my blog is dancingfordonuts.com. I am currently taking a pause on client work. Um, and, and if I do any kind of freelance, it's more like content creation, like video. I really love making videos. So that kind of thing. And yeah, you can always like DM me or anything. I love chatting with people in messages and stuff. I do think it's really fun and very fulfilling. Yes. And all of Jordan's info will be in the show notes. That way you can follow her and get inspired by her gorgeous content. But Jordan, thank you so much for joining me today, Angel. And thank you, babes, so much for listening. We will chat with you all very soon. Thank you for having me. Thank you, babes, so much for joining me today. If you love this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you gave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps the podcast to be discovered by all of the amazing women who could benefit from this work and from healing in a heal. Also, don't forget to follow along on Instagram at Studio Soli Luna and on YouTube to stay up to date on all the heels, burlesque, and spirituality content that your soul desires.